Thanks for listening to the Mark Aram Show podcast. Thanks for Xfinity for sponsoring said podcast. A couple of things in life I don't skimp on. Toilet paper, razor blades, seafood. I want the best of the best when it comes to all three. And internet. That's why I use Xfinity Internet. And it's the amazing 10G network. The 10G network from Xfinity, the future starts now. Smarter, more consistent, and a secure network. And it only gets better. Jump on board the Xfinity 10G network online. Just go to Xfinity.com. Hey, folks, it's Mark Aram. I hope you're enjoying the Mark Aram Show podcast. A reminder, you can hear this very radio show live Monday through Friday. We're live 6 to 8 p.m. Monday through Friday on 95.5 WSB Atlanta's News and Talk. Uh, welcome to the show. It is 6.09 and a soggy fitty, 6 degrees on Peachtree Street. Mark Aaron, the banana, is with you till 8 in the p.m. here on 95.5 WSB Atlanta's News and Talk. First hour, we're going to have some fun. Millennial Match Game, Johnny Kilbasa's Second hour, you're going to get a super... Super Tuesday preview show with myself, Jamie Dupree, Monica Pearson, Eric Erickson, Bill Crane, and Greg Bluestein from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution breaking down what you need to know about uh, the big primary day tomorrow. There's a reason we call it Super Tuesday, Longoria, and it has nothing to do with enchiladas. But it's Monday. (laughs) We kick things off, as always, with my favorite game. Let's play Millennial Match Game. Joining us live in studio, her second appearance on the Mark Aram Show playing Millennial Match Game from the Cox Media Group family. Veronica Di Stefano. Hello, Hello, Veronica. How are you? <laughs> Welcome back to the program. Good to see your smiling face. You got a little tan back from Miami. Yes, yes. Benvenido e Miami. Uh, tell the folks a little bit about yourself. Um, well, I am a 26 year old millennial. Um, I work in the Cox Media Group fam <laughs> up a couple floors from where we are recording right now. Nice. Um, you know, I'm. Always on that gram, so I'm interested to see, you know, if any of my knowledge will help me today. Yeah, very, very sharp. Veronica is very, very sharp. Um, Speaking of your gram, give your social media a little (laughs) plug here before we get going. Yeah, you could find me at Veronaconda underscore 18. Um, And then also I do a podcast called The Future Bachelor, at The Future Bachelor, and we talk about pop culture, The Bachelor. Beautiful. As you would think. All right. uh, Let's meet our contestants on the line. Josh is contestant number one. Josh, tell the folks a little bit about yourself, my friend. Yes, sir. I'm 37-year-old. I've had uh, one boy, two girls, a beautiful wife, live in Baldwin, Georgia. Beautiful. I'm a lineman for AMC. Oh, excellent. I appreciate you, Josh. You're going to be facing off against Nick and Ackworth. Nick, tell the folks about yourself. Uh, I'm 40, uh, just turned 40, and I'm a restaurant manager in Kennesaw. No kids, no wife, but a dog. Depending on how you do a millennial match game, I might let you plug the restaurant. I don't want to embarrass the restaurant if you do poorly. So if you do well, we'll let you plug the restaurant, okay? All right. All right, here we go. Millennial match game, as always, brought to you by Rocco's European Garage. Very easy category today, guys. Uh, It's TV theme song. So here's the deal. I'm going to play a TV show theme song, a famous TV show theme song, and then you guys have to guess whether or not the millennial will know what it is. You guys get the gist of it? Yes. All right, Josh, you're up first. Here's the first famous TV show theme song, Millennial Match Game on the Mark Aram Show. Boy, the way Glenn Miller played. Songs that made the hit parade. Guys like us, we had it made. Those were the days. What do you think, Josh? Will Millennial Veronica know that one? No. You say no. Let me hear a little more of that, Longoria. 
Veronica, are you familiar with this song? Have you heard it before? I definitely have heard it. I'm like trying to place it. Everybody pulled his weight. Then I don't know this line. What do you think? Uh, okay, I know. I feel like it's a cartoon. Okay, go but, with that. Um, it. Uh, um. <laughs> Give me a famous cartoon from from that time. From that time. Seventies, eighties, famous cartoon. <laughs> Any famous cartoon. Any famous cartoon. It, I don't know. It sounds like something with working, and I just don't. I can't even think of like what. It's okay. It's I, it's all in the family. Think? Not a cartoon. But that's okay. It doesn't matter because Josh gets the point. Oh. All right. That would be a fun cartoon, though. All in the Family is a cartoon. It sounded cartoony. Yeah, it did sound cartoony. All right, Nick, you're up. Millennial Match Game TV show theme songs. Will Millennial Veronica know what TV show featured this theme song? Is this Depeche Mode? Sounds like Depeche Mode. Oh, okay, duh. What do you think, Nick? Depeche Mode and The Smiths are not a TV show, by the way, Veronica. Uh, will, no. will Millennial Veronica know what TV show featured that theme song? No. You say no. I'm with you on that. Veronica? Um, I, like... I'll I, give you a little more. Let me give yeah, you a little Yeah, give more. me a little bit more. It's a great song. It is a good song. I know this is wrong because I know the theme okay, song to Veronica right. Mars, but it seems like that's something that would guess. play Veronica into Mars Veronica Mars. Veronica Mars is a good guess. It is not right. It's Charmed. <laughs> Charmed. I never oh, saw Charmed. Okay. All right. In Everyone's got fam. a point. We're tied after one round of Millennial Match Game, one-to-one. TV show theme songs brought to you by Rocco's European Garage. Round two, Millennial Match Game, uh, TV theme show edition brought to you by Rocco's European Garage. Josh, you're up. Will Millennial Veronica know a TV show feature this famous theme song? One of the greatest shows of all time. Might be a little too old for 26-year-old Veronica. What do you think, Josh? Will she know what TV show that's from? I don't think she will. Not a chance in hell. <laughs> Great TV show, by the way. Uh, like, old. Black and white TV show. Black and white? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like an Instagram filter. You know the oh, black and white Instagram uh, filter? <laughs> hardy har har. Oh, black and white. Yeah. Like I can only think of like a, like Great American Bandstand or something when I'm thinking of like that right. got into color. I'm pretty sure. But. Yeah, great. That's a good guess. Great American Bandstand, The Dick Van Dyke Show. Oh, featuring, oh my God. Do you, have you heard of that? Yes, right. I love Dick featuring Van Dyke. Featuring a a, a a very attractive young Mary Tyler Moore. Yes. Wore those uh, those tight knit pants around the house while vacuuming. Skinny pants. Skinny pants, yeah. I've seen that meme. Yeah, It's exactly. been made a meme of her, like, dancing around. Yeah, she's yeah. fantastic. All right, Josh, Dang. you get the point. Good job. One in doubt. The millennial doesn't know. All right, here we go, Nick. This one's a question mark. Will millennial Veronica know what television show featured this very, very famous theme song? Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. Mercy. Mercy. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegged. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. What do you think, Nick? I think she's gonna get this one. You think so? All right. This is this is a more. This is a color. This TV show is in color. In color. Yeah. You want to hear a little more? Yeah. All right. Let me start this over again, Longoria. Uh, great theme song. Wow. 
Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Tossed salads and scrambled eggs. Tossed salad and scrambled Mercy. eggs. Millennials and maybe millennials I seem dinner. a bit confused. <laughs> yeah, maybe. No, 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 no. But I've got, got, got a toast. <laughs> All right. Well, Nick, did Nick guess? Yes? He said yes. You would know that. Okay. Veronica, a lot of pressure. Oh, there is a lot of pressure. Toss salad and scrambled eggs. Toss salads and scrambled <laughs> eggs. What a what a meal. What a meal. Um, uh, uh, this I'll, is gi- to- I'll give you a hint. The uh, the star of this show was a star. This is a spinoff from another famous show. Oh, I like. I feel like I can picture it. I know this is wrong. I'm saying Pink Panther. I know this is wrong, but like it, that's like something. Pink Panther. That it reminded me of, yeah. All right, not Pink Panther. I know. Uh, that's no. Frasier. Frasier. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Which was spun goodness. off from Cheers. Frasier yes. Crane. radio. Come on now. I never... Oh, no. Yeah, we heard radio. <laughs> I never knew uh, the whole toss out and scrambled eggs thing. What's the deal with that? Do we know the backstory on that? No idea. Just some funky lyrics long lyrics? just a song, yeah. All right, all right. No point for Nick. Josh, you're up. Will Millennial uh, Veronica know what TV show fam- uh, featured this famous theme song? Oh, oh, come on, yeah. <laughs> oh, you can't give it away. Well, she might know it, uh, Josh. I don't know. She said, come on, yeah. So I think she might have that one. I hope so. I'm yeah. going to say yes. You say yes. All right, what was that, Veronica? All right, that's Full House. That is Full House. All right, don't give any hints. I'm though. sorry, I'm that's sorry. Okay. Now you got to help Nick here. All right, Nick, here we go. Millennial uh, Match Game TV show theme songs brought to you by Rocco's European Garage. Will 26-year-old, cute as a button Veronica, know what television show featured this famous theme song? Will Veronica know? Uh, I want to say yeah, but unfortunately my answer is no. Yeah, when in doubt, the millennial doesn't know. Veronica, one hint. This is actually Low T Chuck's uh, ringtone. That doesn't help that, me. That doesn't help you? That doesn't help me at all. All right, what do you think? Uh, I'm just going to stab in the dark. I'm going to say MASH. That's a good guess. No, it's not MASH. It's Little House on the Prairie. Oh, Little wow, House the, and I loved that show. The Ingalls family. All right, who's up, Deb Green? It's Josh's turn. Josh, Millennial Match Game. Will Veronica, the millennial, know what TV show featured this theme song? What do you think? Will she know what TV show that is from? I'm going to say no again. Yeah, when in doubt, the millennial doesn't know. Not really. I've been letting everyone down. Let me hear too. a little more, Longoria. It's the sweetest reward. Good love is the sweetest reward. Better than tossed salad and scrambled eggs. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Ah, love is the sweetest reward, yeah. they say. Um. I'm like trying to think of old TV shows. From the 70s. From the 70s. Bye, you got seven seconds left on the clock. I have no idea. The Love Boat. That was the oh, Love Boat. Well, that would make sense. End of round two. What's the score, <laughs> Deb Green? Josh Ford, Nick Two. We'll be right back. Final round of Millennial Match Game on The Mark Aram Show.
Final segment, Millennial Match Game. What's the score? Who's up, Deb Green? Great. Josh Ford, Nick, too. It's Nick's turn. Nick, here we go. Millennial Match Game TV show theme songs. Will Millennial Veronica know what TV show featured this theme song? knock on our door. Come and knock on our door. We've been waiting for you. We've been waiting for you. What do you think, Nick? Real quick, will she know? Yes. You say yes. You're a brave man, Nick. Give me that Give me that TV show there, Veronica. Um, <laughs> wow. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to say Cosby Show. I have no idea. Three's Company. Uh, oh. And a millennial match game. Everybody wins, though, Deb. What do they win? Yeah, both of you got tickets. Go check out the Goo Goo Dolls, Lifehouse, and Forest Black oh, at Chastain on August 30th. Hang on the line, guys. Real quick, your Instagram handle, Veronica? At Veronaconda underscore 18 and then at The Future Bachelor. All right. Always a pleasure, dear. News, Thank weather, you. and traffic next. This is The Mark Aram Show. Hi, this is Lewis Gossett Jr. This is The Mark Aram Show. And if you have any common sense, you should listen to The Mark Aram Show. Thank you, Dr. Gossett. 639 on a Monday, soggy Monday, 52 degrees on Peachtree Street. Five on the Mark Aram Show back sweat meter. Coming up second out of the program, a star-studded Super Tuesday preview show. Myself, Bill Crane, Jamie Dupree, Greg Bluestein, Monica Pearson, and Eric Erickson as we preview the big voting day Manana, uh, real quick before we hit uh, the phones, and Johnny Kilbasa with the faster Drew, you had a good weekend, Deb. Lenting is okay. Lenting is fine. Lenting is yep. okay. Longoria, did you? It looks like you had a great time at your uh, daughter's birthday I party, did, which I, I was not invited I, to. You were invited on Friday night. You yeah. didn't get the email. I didn't but... get the email. Oh, well, check it, your email. It got bounced back. <laughs> it did. Unbelievable. Chuck, how was your weekend, boy? <laughs> that was great. Excellent. He was at the party. So I went to. Were you? No, no, he wasn't. I was out of town. <laughs> so I went to dinner. A little shout out to uh, McKendrick Steakhouse in uh, in Dunwoody. We went there. I had a buddy in from out of town from New York, and we went there uh, for dinner, and uh, everyone there listens to the show. And I talked about on the show uh, having to sign. I went to the auto show on Saturday, and they didn't have headshots. So I talked about how I was going to sign Fred Blankenship's. <laughs> yeah. So Steve, the maitre d', prints out a picture of Fred Blankenship, and at the end of the meal with the check, prevents, he's like, hey, can you sign this for me? <laughs> nice. Very nice. I actually wound up signing Mark Winnie's pictures. On, on Saturday, because I just crossed out the Winnie on the bottom and put Aram and then signed him. But I was prom- promised next year, next year I will have headshots. Uh, the coronavirus update. Let, well, let me give you the latest from uh, from ABC Radio News. President Trump has said he wants to see a coronavirus vaccine developed quickly, and he's pushing pharmaceutical companies to speed up their efforts. He sits down this afternoon at the White House with top officials from major drug makers. We've asked them to accelerate whatever they're doing in terms of a vaccine. The president on Saturday said a vaccine is being developed very quickly, but top health officials are warning it will take a year to a year and a half, and that is still a very fast timeline. Karen Travers, ABC News, the White House. And this was President Trump uh, later in the day as he was leaving the White House. We had a great meeting just now with the pharmaceutical companies. A lot of you probably saw the results of the meeting, but I think the results uh, will be spectacular. You heard uh, Vice President Pence live here on WSB at that press conference, the very latest six dead now in the U.S., uh, most of them, if not all of them, in, in the Seattle, Washington area, which kind of freaks me out because my brother lives there, and now a hundred infected. We'll talk about that in just a second, but let's hit Johnny Kilbasa with that old fast food review. And now, on the Mark Aram Show, it's time for the Fast Food Review. Yeah, yeah. Joining us live on the Greasy Salty Hotline from parts unknown, height unknown, weight, oof, we do not want to know. Johnny Kilbasa in the ever-so-popular Fast Food Review. How you doing, Jonathan? I'm doing great, Mark Aram. I'm wrapped in bacon. I'm here for the day. I'm covered with cheese, and I aim to please. And, hey, it's a new day. Happy Wendy's Breakfast Day, Mark. I see you're up at... 
what was that, 3.15 a.m., eating a breakfast Baconator? I bet you were the first one in all of Atlanta. 3.19 a.m., I had the breakfast Baconator. I'll, I'll reserve my review because I want to hear from you because you are the man, the myth, the legend. What do we know, and what do you think about the breakfast Baconator, buddy? <laughs> well, what do we know, for those of you who might have heard me talk about it on this very show about four times before now, hey, if you haven't found out by now, it is the best breakfast sandwich on the market coming straight out just like brock lesnar coming out and winning the <laughs> wwf title in his first couple of matches great analogy you've got sausage you've got bacon you've got more bacon you've got egg you've got cheese you've got some sort of weird type of whip on top of it brioche bun mark i know it might be a little too much sodium if you're looking for something to take it down with maybe you shouldn't have sausage and bacon at the same time but if you're going to have a baconator, you might as well have six pieces of bacon on top of it, Mark. Yeah, that that seemed to be enough to me. So I enjoyed it. I, I had it this morning. I when I order it again, I'm gonna eighty six the sausage. You know, do you do what Johnny Kilbasa says? You take two fingers and wave the manager over. I want I want to eliminate the sausage and throw an extra egg on there because it was just one fried egg. I want two fried eggs with the stri- six strips of bacon and the cheese. Because it was it was too much. Uh, the bacon should be the star here, and the sausage kind of took away from it. But overall, it was a very, very tasty sandwich. That is a great pro tip from you, Mark Aram. Doubling up on the egg. That yeah. would be awesome. And I tell you what, instead of saying 86 the sausage, why not just get it with everything? Take the sausage out of the sandwich, put it in your drink holder for lunchtime, eat the rest <laughs> of it, and then holder. come back out, and it'll be the perfect temperature. Real, 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 quick, uh, real quick, Chuck's shaking your head at me when I say 86 of sausage. What's no, it yeah, I, I, I will die on this hill of 86 sausage out of breakfast sandwiches. Try, try I mean, it, though. I, I will. But because it, boy, it's, it's the bacon-ator, so the bacon should be the star I, of the I meal. I get it, but it's a breakfast yeah. sandwich, and I'm, I would... I would I want a hard I time more getting egg. rid of sausage. I'd, I'd want more egg. Okay. Yeah. But, uh, but uh, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it. Johnny, thanks for the heads up. It's available nationwide at Wendy's now. Um, and Johnny was the first to tell you about it. So, Johnny K. 1,750 glorious milligrams of sodium, everybody. Delicious. That's why I'm so dehydrated. Johnny, we appreciate you as always. And? It's cholesterol time, baby. So my Follow me on Twitter and Instagram and listen to the Sausage Up podcast on any pod app or johnnykielbasa.com. All things Kilbasa on johnnykielbasa.com. Appreciate you, bro. Anytime, bro. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Your call's next. The Mark Aram Show on WSB. Big congratulations to uh, loyal listener Brenda Chavis of Atlanta. She is the lucky winner of a seven-night MSC cruise for two to the Caribbean in a balcony stateroom with round-trip airfare to Miami courtesy of MSC Cruises and the Atlanta Travel and Adventure Show, which just came through town this weekend. Sorry, I wasn't able to go that. But, uh, ooh, excuse me, and I just burped, so double sorry. Whoa. I know. Well, I'm, I'm drinking a Coke Zero during the uh. Uh, during the break there. Uh, so the, congratulations, Brent. That's awesome. Enjoy that, courtesy of WSB Radio and uh, MSC Cruises and the Mark Aram Show. Ron is in Peachtree City, Georgia. Ron, welcome to the show. How are you, sir? Hey, Mark. Thank you for taking my call. My pleasure, brother. What's going on? Well, I had a little bit of information um, about that song from Frasier. The, uh, oh, Toss Out and toss Scrambled, out and scrambled eggs. eggs. Yeah, what's the backstory there? Well, I'll tell you right now, uh, you know, because I thought it was kind of strange, too. So I had researched it. Um, actually, Kelsey Grammer actually sang the song. I did know that, yes. And um, I found out that the reason why they came up with Toss Salad and Scrambled Eggs is because 
the um, the producers did not want to put anything in there about psychiatry and stuff like that. So they had things that are mixed up, you know, to signify like. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. All right. I wonder if it started yeah, a craze know. when it first came out. People were like, let me try it, toss salad and scrambled oh, eggs. Just sounds gross. Ron, while I got you here, real quick, what is the most popular canned food item that you buy at home? What What do you stock in your pantry the most? Canned the food. The most that I stock or that other people stock? You, you, at your house. Uh, Probably soup. What kind of soup? I like Campbell's. All right. L- Longoria, what's the most common stocked canned food item in your pantry? Vegetables, I guess, like just regular vegetables for the girls and like stuff. Like what? Canned corn, corn, green beans. Green beans Chuck, carrots. in your in your palatial stone palace, what is the most popular canned food item in your home? You're gonna make fun of me. No, that's all right. <clears throat> Dinty more beef stew. But that's that's amazing. That's an American <laughs> tradition. So yeah. Deb's Deb's. Uh, I love Deb Green, by the way. She comes. She, you know, her show prep is different than any other show prep. Yes. Number one story for me, top selling canned foods in America. Yeah. She gets the story for me. Uh, I'll go, I'll give you the top 10. Number 10, Longoria, yeah. Del Monte Green Beans. Yeah, there you go. Uh, number nine, Chef Boyardee, Spaghetti and Meatballs. Uh, these are the top selling canned foods in America. Number eight, Generic Whole Kernel Sweet Corn. That's probably, you probably got that in there, Longoria. Yeah, yeah. Uh, number seven, Campbell's Cream of Chicken Soup. Cream of chicken? Number six, Campbell's tomato soup. The chicken soup, I think... You the can, cream you can of mi- chicken, you mix it with yeah, other you things. Mix yeah. You can make a casserole it. or yeah. something. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's not a main dish. Uh, number six, tomato soup. Number five, Rotel, original diced tomatoes and green oh, chilies. Yeah, I forgot about that. You that mix that in so quesos. Yeah. Oh, I love Rotel. Oh, man. Number four, uh, Campbell's condensed chicken noodle soup. Classic. Number three, uh, this is surprising, Armor Vienna Sausage. Oh, the little, little Vienna sausage. Yeah. sausage. Vienna, Vienna, Vienna. Vienna. Uh, number two, Campbell's condensed cream of mushroom soup, which yeah. is very popular when you we make the uh, those, yeah. the green bean casserole. Mm-hmm. And number one, Star Kiss chunk light tuna in water is the okay. number yeah, one. I can see that. Uh, what did you say? Dinty more beef stew did not make the top. <laughs> Probably uh, not. <laughs> number seventeen, uh, spaghettios, which is what I grew oh, up yeah. on. Oh, yeah. I love I, I, You know, I might get a can of though. I haven't had one of those in so long. Uh, it doesn't taste the same. Number twenty-three, ocean spray jellied cranberry sauce. Who's buying that anytime but? During Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving yeah, right? Everybody buys it, so that's probably why it made the list. Manwich number uh, sloppy oh, Joe sauce number yeah. sixteen. Bush's baked beans, delicious at number nineteen, um, and uh, Chef Boyardee beef ravioli at number eleven. So a lot of Chef Boyardees there. Yeah, the uh, the Dinty More beef stew should be on there. That's a great thing. No, no, no shame in the Dinty More beef stew, Chuck. Wear that with pride. <laughs> Stick your chin up. Chest out, Dinty Moore Beef Stew, proud sponsor of the Mark Aram Show. When we come back, a super, super Tuesday preview show, show. Myself, JB Dupree, Greg Bluestein, Monica Pearson, Bill Crane, and Eric Erickson. It's coming up next on WSB. The Mark Aram Show is performed before a live studio audience. This is a WSB special presentation, a preview of Super Tuesday. What's at stake, what to watch for, and the latest polls as America gets ready to vote in the biggest primary election of 2020. 
Here's your host, Mark Aram. Welcome to the show. Campaign 2020 election coverage continues on 95.5 WSB Atlanta's News and Talk. Mark Aram here live on a soggy Monday with a uh, just a star-studded cast in studio. The studio on today, amazing. Uh, left to right across your radio dial, Bill Crane, WSB political analyst. To uh, his immediate uh, left is Monica Pearson, uh, a legend, an icon that needs no introduction. And to her left... Millennial Greg Bluestein from the Atlanta Journal Constitution, who we've uh, just booked for Millennial Match Game coming up I'll on a future you a date. Count me in. Yes. Uh, so for the next sixty minutes, we're going to preview tomorrow's big Super Tuesday election day that really should cement where we're going with the Democratic nomination process. Coming up in the program, Jamie Dupree will join us from Washington D.C. and Eric Erickson. I'll start with you, Bill. Uh, lay out the scope tomorrow. What uh, do we expect to see, and who actually is voting tomorrow on Super Tuesday? Fourteen states. Mm-hmm. The biggest prize is. California. It's a third of the Democratic Party's delegates, essentially, and a third of that third is California. Several southern states, though that's how Super Tuesday started, it is no longer just a regional primary, but Alabama, Tennessee, Arkansas, and Virginia, North Carolina are the key southern states, but you also have Amy Klobuchar's home of Minnesota and some uh, states like Wizard Warren's home of Massachusetts thrown in. So it's a very geographically diverse primary. Um, There will be winners and losers, and by that I mean in the remaining field, which has shrunk a good bit since South Carolina. Bernie Sanders is well ahead in several states. Joe Biden should do well in those southern states. You would think Amy Klobuchar, who's leading in Minnesota, but the polling's kind of weak there, will take her home state. And Elizabeth Warren will not likely win Massachusetts. That's likely to go to Bernie Sanders. We've had a couple of defections, Greg Bluestein, since the last primary result. Who's, Who's still left and who's out now? Yeah, well, Amy Klobuchar and Pete Buttigieg both dropped out of the race and are endorsing Joe Biden. So it's a huge pickup for him. It's, it's a, He has the ability now to sort of consolidate at least some of the centrist moderate vote. Um, but Mike Bloomberg joins the contest really for the first time. He skipped the first four early voting states. So this is his big debut moment. Of course, Bernie Sanders still the front runner. And Elizabeth Warren, as you mentioned, who's battling basically for survival in this election. If she can't win her home state of Massachusetts, then it's going to be a real tough road for her ahead. Monica Pearson, I was eavesdropping in your conversation in the newsroom before the show. And we were talking, uh, you were talking or discussing the possibility of a President Obama endorsement, which has not come yet. Do we expect to see one or is he going to wait, like he said, until the nominee is picked? I think he's going to wait until the nominee is picked for the obvious reason. You don't want to, quote, Jimmy Rigg the race Mm -hmm. because you really want the best candidate that, quote, the public wants. But what I find is interesting is how do you get out the vote? Because we've seen people declining the numbers of people going to the polls. And the most interesting people I think I'm looking at right now are women 18 to 29 because they're the second largest block when it comes to voting. But many of the people in that generation feel like, why should I? Tell me a reason. And we've seen voting decline in that age group. So my concern about all of this is getting women out to vote. And then um, since I'm adding the color and that's (laughs) my pun for the evening, uh, getting Mm African-Americans to come out to vote. They did in South Carolina. And uh, the point is, much of the Democratic race depends on African-Americans coming out to vote. And we saw that uh, Bill Crane, uh, the the big Biden victory in South Carolina, huge turnout and uh, support from the African-American voters for Joe Biden. 
Biden had been lagging. I mean, lagging in in terms of money compared to uh, Bernie Sanders. And we'll we'll discuss Bloomberg in a second. But now he's got that win. I would imagine that some of the establishment donors are now opening up the checkbook for uh, the former vice president. He has supposedly had it. It hasn't all been reported yet. A very good 48 hours, but it will take more than that to catch up. He's also had some debate performances that have cost him in terms of the big donors and the people looking at viability and wondering where he is in the spectrum in terms of his own political career. I, I, I mentioned the establishment, uh, and, and they're kind of, we saw that with the uh, endorsement. They like him way better than Bernie Sanders. Exactly right, and I'm starting to see it. This was always bubbling under the surface, uh, under the surface that the establishment is not keen on Bernie Sanders because, well, first, he's not truly a Democrat. You know, he's an independent. He caucuses. caucuses with the Democrat. Uh, but now, uh, Greg Bluestein, we're starting to see – some pushback from the Democratic establishment against Bernie Sanders. Oh, definitely. And as Monica mentioned, it's coming from allies of President Obama, if not President Obama himself. Um, and it's and you're starting to see a wave of endorsements go Biden's way. I mean, uh, several of them came out after his Saturday victory in South Carolina. Several more came out um, yesterday, and, and you're seeing more today. So you're starting to see that centrist movement coalesce behind him. And, he raised $46 million in the month of February. So he's starting to restock his campaign coffers that were very, running very dry just a few weeks ago. And, and then I want to mention this. Yes. You've got to remember that also there are ads running now and then talk show hosts are telling people now, um, because this is an open primary, you don't have to go vote Republican. Go vote Democrat so that Sanders can be the person who the nominee, wins the nominee. the nominee. And that throws a monkey wrench into things because Biden is not only fighting <laughs> himself yes. in terms of his bad performance in debates, but he's also fighting the Republicans when they're telling Republicans, go vote in that open primary so we can have Sanders because as a socialist, we're going to beat him. Yeah. At the end of the day, Bill Crane, this is all about delegates. The big delegate count tomorrow on Super Tuesday California and Texas, uh, who's who's leading the polls in those two big states? Sanders is well ahead in California. The race is a little bit more liquid, if you will, in, in Texas, and no one's been called to win that within the margin of error of several polls, but he should handily win California. But interesting, California not only apportions 15 percent is the threshold to get any delegates, it's by congressional district. So we may be waiting a few days. We'll know the popular vote mm -hmm. probably Wednesday, early Thursday, but we may not know the delegate split on that state. And right now it's only six delegates between Joe Biden and uh, the, and uh, Bernie Sanders because all those earlier contests were in small population states. But then also, don't yeah. forget, in both those states, you have a large Hispanic vote. Mm -hmm. And that is a block that is growing like crazy. Now, the polls have shown before that most Hispanics are more conservative and vote Republican. But in the younger groups of Hispanics, you see them are Latinx, as they're saying now. You see them going to the Democratic Party. And you wonder which way will they go because Biden is not – not their kind yeah. of guy. That's <laughs> one of the stories that no one seems to be, and Monica and I were talking about this earlier, covering much, is how low turnout has been in the Democratic presidential mm -hmm. preference primaries. In Iowa, it was lower than four years ago. It was lower than eight years ago. It was a slight spike in Nevada, but all of the other states thus far until South Carolina, the Republican primary, which is basically a, a non-contest in the states where they're holding it, where it's William Weld, the former governor of Massachusetts versus Donald Trump and a couple of also rounds – has outdrawn the Democratic primary, and that's not been discussed. So I think we will be looking tomorrow to see, to Monica's point about crossing over in an open primary state, 
which party's primary, even though the Republicans is a foregone conclusion, draws more voters. Yeah, this is not 2008. And that's what this turnout models show. And really, with Pete Buttigieg getting out of the race, the youngest man in this contest now is Joe Biden, who's 73 years old. Unbelievable. Who would have believed with 30 candidates in the beginning, we would end up with three white men? It, well, shocking. Three old white men. And it was before, but, but yeah. Super Tuesday preview show continues on the Mark Aram Show on WSB Radio. Loyal listeners of the Mark Aram Show uh, are very familiar with Michael Bloomberg. He runs uh, plenty of ads during my show. <laughs> uh, Greg Bluestein from the AJC. Tomorrow's the first time that people can actually vote for the former New York City mayor. Well, actually, to, yeah, because today you could vote in Georgia, but yes, and he has spent roughly five hundred million dollars in ads so far, blitzing not just the Super Tuesday states, but states like Georgia that voted March twenty fourth. So he is trying to seed the ground early. If he has a rough night tomorrow night. He still insists he's going to stay in that campaign, and guess what? He has the resources to do so. Well, the money he spent on my show alone, he should at least wait till, <laughs> wait till Georgia, right? Uh, Monica, um, Bloomberg was a, a Democrat and then a Republican and Independent. Where does he fit in the scheme of things? Well, when I look at Bloomberg, I, I, there are two things. When people immediately say to me, well, you know, he's trying to buy the race, I turn around and say, well, so are the PACs. And mm-hmm. that that's the same thing. At least he's spending his own money, and he's not asking for anything in return except for your vote. Um, Bloomberg, interestingly enough, when I've been talking to my friends about him, if you can get past the problems with women, and if you can get past um, <laughs> the problem with how he treated black people with stop the stop and frisk, and frisk yeah. then you look at how he actually ran the city of New York, I'd really kind of like to see a fight between him and Trump. I'm waiting to see how he does tomorrow, to be quite honest, because then I think we'll have a better sense of who he is and how people see him. We don't see that as yet. Yeah. He's horrible on the debates, horrible on awful, the debates. Awful deba- debate prep, But yeah. as he said in one of his ads, it's not about the debating, it's about the doing. Is there any chance, Bill Crane, that uh, Bloomberg is gone after Super Tuesday if he has a, a really poor performance? Well, he's... He's not only put the resources financially in there, he sort of bet the farm strategically on this playing out for him. Uh, Rudolph Giuliani tried something similar with Florida Florida. and Super Tuesday Mm. uh, back in 2008, Mm -hmm. and and it didn't work out very well. The day after he lost Florida, he pulled out of the race. Um, It's a risky strategy to let so many states, in this case four, go and the momentum shift back and forth. But unlike every other candidate's attempt at this before – he has the financial resources to go the distance if he wants to. I'm Doesn't not, that mean we could have a brokered convention? Yes, it does. Yes. I'm not Eric Erickson with uh, sources inside the White House, but just as an observer and a voter and a citizen, it seems to me via the tweets that uh, Donald Trump doesn't want to face Michael Bloomberg. He does not want Bloomberg to win the, the Democratic nomination. Am I reading that right? You are, but Bloomberg yeah. staying in, the person hurt most by that is Joe Biden. Yeah. Absolutely. And he's been openly advocating at Republican rallies both in New Hampshire and South Carolina for Republican voters to go out and vote for Bernie Sanders. So he clearly is is telegraphing who he wants to face. Uh, Greg Bluestein, Monica Pearson, and Bill Crane joining us on the Mark Aram Show. This is a super, super Tuesday preview show on 95.5 WSB. We'll open the phones and take some calls if you have any questions about Super Tuesday. Uh, a lot of delegates at stake tomorrow. We will have coverage throughout the day here, starting with uh, Scott Slade in Atlanta's Morning News at 4.30 a.m. And then a special show tomorrow night, Deb Green, right, at Super Tuesday Show at 7.00. At seven? Seven? I don't believe so. No? no. All right. I'll, I'll double check my math on that. Okay. We got you covered, Bill Crane, is what I'm trying to say. It's either seven or eight, but we'll right. be here all night. Uh, we'll come back. We'll hear from J.B. Dupree and Eric Erickson and your calls, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK, on Twitter and Instagram, at Mark Aram. It's the Mark Aram Show on WSB.
This is a Super Tuesday preview special. Listen for all-day coverage of the nation's biggest primaries tomorrow beginning with Scott Slade and Atlanta's Morning News. Now, back to Mark Aram on 95.5 WSB. Extraordinarily uh, divisive uh, for Democrats and I think for the whole country. If the candidate who walks in to the convention who has more votes, who has won more states, and if that candidate does not end up with the nomination. That was Bernie Sanders, not Tim Andrews today in the Salt Lake City, uh, playing defense, getting ready for a, a possible brokered convention. Welcome back to the show. Mark Aram in studio with Bill Crane, Monica Pearson, and Greg Bluestein from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Speaking of the uh, candidates, Joe Biden holding a rally today in Dallas, Texas, ahead of Super Tuesday. And now that Amy Klobuchar and Pete Buttigieg have suspended their campaigns for the Democratic bid, they're expected to make an appearance at the rally tonight and officially endorse Biden. You can listen to the rally on WSB Radio's app or WSBRadio.com starting at 8.30 p.m. And just to confirm, tomorrow we will have special coverage from 7 p.m. anchored by Chris Chandler all the way to 1 in the morning here on WSB, your official election station. Bill Crane, again, the, the states that are voting tomorrow for Super Tuesday is the big one. California, Texas, Maine, Massachusetts, Minnesota, Arkansas, Tennessee, North Carolina, Colorado, Colorado Alabama. Alabama. And, and don't forget the territory, American Samoa. Did, we, and, yeah, and did, did I say Massachusetts? Yes. Tennessee. Yeah, in Tennessee, there's about six southern states and the rest kind of splattered all over the map. I, I know this is, you know, I'm, I'm going really inside baseball here, but Alabama voting tomorrow any primary results there that might indicate where the Senate race in Alabama is going to go, or any? Can you read? They don't the tea have leaves? a Senate primary tomorrow. That's no understood. But the the results of that race. Well, I'll I... just say that is the most vulnerable incumbent mm-hmm. probably in the Senate right now. He's a Democrat, and we don't know who the Republican nominee will be. One of three or four, but the Democrat will most likely lose that seat. And I think we need to bring up at this point, while we're paying so much attention to what's going on with the presidential race, the reality is. The Senate races are far more important because it doesn't matter who the president is. If you don't have charge of the Senate, mm-hmm. nothing's getting done. And and that's what happened with President Obama. So if Bernie's in there and or shall we say Bloomberg or whomever the Democratic nominee is if, who went, if the Senate is Republican, ain't nothing happening. <laughs> Greg Bluestein, we talked about endorsements. Any of the big Georgia Democrats endorse any candidates yet uh, on the record? Oh yeah, um, a lot of a lot. The, Stacey Abrams is the biggest name in the Democratic Party. She mm-hmm. hasn't endorsed okay. anyone, but you've got Lucy McBath who endorsed Mike Bloomberg. Um, Joe Biden has the lion's share of endorsements here in Georgia, including Calvin Smyrie, the dean of the Georgia State House, Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms, and Mayor of Keisha Lance Bottoms, who is probably his most prominent endorsement. Um, of anyone in Georgia because she's been out on the campaign trail with him, too. And don't forget uh, Michael Thurman. And Michael Thurman just backed uh, Mike Michael Bloomberg. Bloomberg. Michael Bloomberg. Bloomberg. Do we expect Stacey Abrams to make an endorsement anytime soon? Or is she she wants wait? to be on a ticket. So yeah, I she's going to keep yeah. her mouth closed. Excellent. All right, when we come back, we'll continue our Super Tuesday preview show. Uh, Bill Crane, Monica Pearson, and Greg Bluestein. Still to come, Jamie Dupree and Eric Erickson. Your thoughts, questions, or comments at 404-872-0750-1800-W. USB Talk again. Our Super Tuesday coverage tomorrow begins at 7 p.m. with Chris Chandler all the way up to 1 a.m. on 95.5 WSB Atlanta's News and Talk. Hey, this is Phil Necro inducting the Baseball Hall of Fame in 1997. You are listening to The Mark Aram Show. What other show would you listen to? 
This is a WSB special presentation. A preview of Super Tuesday. What's at stake, what to watch for, and the latest polls as America gets ready to vote in the biggest primary election of 2020. Here's your host, Mark Aram. Welcome back to the show, 736. Mark Aram with a uh, truly star-studded cast here doing a super, super Tuesday preview show. Bill Crane, WSB political analyst in studio. Monica Pearson, Greg Bluestein from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And now joining us live after having what I assume is a delicious dinner with his daughter. It's Eric Erickson, WSB radio evening host and from the resurgent.com. Well, first things first, Eric, what was for dinner with your daughter tonight? Uh, the Rookery in downtown Macon, Georgia. Fantastic place. place. Fantastic onion rings. Onion rings. All right. Good to know. Um, Absolutely. Eric, if you hear any noise, I promise it's not my <laughs> stomach. Eric, thanks for joining us. Super Tuesday tomorrow. You've got sources in uh, in D.C. What do the folks think is going to happen tomorrow, first and foremost? Well, if Joe Biden has gotten enough of a bounce, uh, you could see some consolidation happen after Super Tuesday. It's probably not going to happen tomorrow. He'll do well in Alabama and Arkansas. He'll do well in uh, North Carolina. Carolina, perhaps, but uh, you've got Virginia is going to be closed. Vermont, obviously, going to be a blowout. Interestingly enough, Utah will. It looks like Texas is probably going to be uh, Bernie Sanders territory. And then, of course, there's California. The latest polling out of California has Elizabeth Warren and Joe Biden barely at 15 percent, which could shut them out of any delegates. Now, down to the down to the uh, district level, congressional district level, they may pick up a few. But if that polling is right and the polling averages are right, it's going to be a big night for Sanders. All that being said, uh, you get to March 17th and you have Florida on the ballot and Arizona uh, and Ohio, and those start to become uh, Joe Biden territory. And it looks like if you believe Steve Kornacki and others at MSNBC, and he's really good at this, you could get to March uh, 29th with the Puerto Rico primary and suddenly have Joe Biden in the lead with delegates. But everything's got to go just right for Joe Biden between now and March 29th. Monica, let me ask you this question. Early voting started today in Georgia. Georgia. Have Democrats made up their mind in Georgia? Or are they going to wait and see who still might be standing on Election Day in it's, Georgia? It's interesting you would say that because I've been asking my friends, who are you going to vote for? And the comment I'm getting is, I'm waiting to see what happens on Super Tuesday. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of them are going to wait to vote on Wednesday or Thursday, particularly when you get the California results in. So, no, I don't think black people have decided who to vote for. No more than I think a lot of young people have decided who to vote for here in the state of Georgia, if we can get the young people out to vote. Yeah, that's a common theme I had is is from, from my Democratic friends is they're definitely going to vote for a Democrat. They just don't know who yet. And and we saw the, the sudden departure, Greg, yesterday and today of uh, Klobuchar and uh, Buttigieg. Uh, so maybe should... They, and Tom they, Steyer. And Tom and Steyer. Don't forget him. My apologies, Tom Steyer. Uh, will Georgians maybe sit in, uh, on their hands and not take advantage of early voting and wait to see who's here? Yeah, I mean, those three candidates were going to struggle in Georgia's March 24th primary anyways. But so as goes South Carolina, usually so goes Georgia. Um, only once have those two states' Democratic electors deviated from each other in the last 30 or so years. But there's a big difference because usually Georgia votes in Super Tuesday, just a couple days after South Carolina. This year, we're, we're three, you know, we're a couple weeks later. We're, we're way over on March 24th. 
So by then, the field could be completely changed. By then, you could have two or even maybe three candidates. Although all those names will still be on the ballot. Yeah. Yes, and that's but the other thing. But you'll just have fewer candidates. Yeah. But then you're going to probably see, after tomorrow, a lot of people coming into Georgia who are going to try to get our votes. Sure. So I think we're going to see even more money here in the state than we have before. Speaking of money, uh, a man who has not had uh, the financial capabilities of some of the other candidates, here's Joe Biden today in Texas. I think we're going to do well here in Texas with the help of all of you. And, uh, you know, when we do, we'll be on our way to defeating Donald Trump. Eric, uh, post-South Carolina bump, has it meant anything to his uh, financial status, the former vice president? Yeah, as a matter of fact, uh, he raised $5 million within 24 hours of winning South Carolina. And there's a report that was circulating this evening uh, that campaign sources say he's bordering now on $20 million raised in the last 48 hours, uh, which is huge, a decisive shift in donors to him. Regardless of the number, $5 million in 24 hours is actually the best fundraising total Joe Biden has had in a while. The problem for Biden, though, at, at a fundamental level is if you're just going on the ballot and you don't want to go with Bernie Sanders, he's a logical choice. You've still got Bloomberg, though. I suspect Bloomberg, despite all the bluster today that he's not dropping out, he is. And the reason that I think that is because he hasn't actually made any immediate buys after tomorrow. Uh, and that's a pretty big sign that he's putting things on hold to see what happens tomorrow. That's... Uh, and he may drop out. But the bigger issue here is that Biden doesn't actually, because he's been short of money, he doesn't have a ground team in a lot of these states to do get out the vote operations and bernie sanders does uh eric erickson joining us in the mark aram show let's go to the nation's capital washington correspondent jamie dupree jamie what's the latest on the democratic race right now in dc mark from the you. preview of super tuesday has been hard to write today because of all the fast-moving developments in the 2020 races democratic party leaders clearly have decided to do all they can to stop bernie sanders and keep him from winning their party's nomination what we have seen in just the last 48 hours has been rather surprising as three different Democrats have dropped out of the race, as we expect Amy Klobuchar and Pete Buttigieg to endorse Biden at a campaign rally in Dallas later this evening. Mark whether or not that will translate into a big night for Biden on Super Tuesday is the big unknown at this point. Uh, Eric, in the previous half hour, we talked about the gloves coming off from the Democratic establishment now really going after Bernie Sanders. Uh, do you like that tactic? Is this a necessary tactic? What's your read on that situation? I, I think it is a tactic and, and that they're going to have to deploy. The gloves have to come off with a united front. They're going to have to also try to figure out what to do with Elizabeth Warren, who doesn't have a, a lot of support, but she has enough. Uh, now, the, the issue here is if you look at the morning consult poll or even the USA Today uh, YouGov poll, the number two choice for Buttigieg supporters was actually Bernie Sanders and the same with Elizabeth Warren. Uh, if Warren drops out, that may actually help uh Bernie Sanders, particularly in a place like Massachusetts, where she's coming in second to him, but she's holding him down. Uh, but a, the other big issue here that Biden and, and the rest of the company are going to have to deal with is what do you do with the progressive base? We know that about 10 percent of Bernie Sanders supporters in 2016 actually wound up voting for Donald Trump. That was enough to give him Michigan, Wisconsin and Pennsylvania. What do you do to calm those people down? And that's also why you keep hearing Republicans say, oh, they're trying to steal it from Bernie Sanders. They're not really, uh, but it's a talking point to try to energize the, the Bernie Sanders base because everyone's polling is very consistent that Sanders performs worse against the president than any of the other candidates. WSB political analyst Bill Crane, uh, that was an interesting nugget there about uh, the Biden, or excuse me, the Bloomberg media buys going away right now. 
Uh, if there Blue, goes that Christmas bonus. Yeah, I'm going to have a lot of empty <laughs> holes in my uh, in my commercial rotation next week. Uh, let's assume Bloomberg uh, doesn't perform well on Super Tuesday and drops out. Two question, two part question for you, Bill. Um, where do those Bloomberg votes go? And does Bloomberg turn in turn endorse someone left in the race? The votes, excuse me, the votes generally will go to Biden. He is a he is a moderate. Mayor Bloomberg, mm-hmm. Biden's a moderate. Amy Klobuchar's out of the race. So is Mayor Pete, who started as a progressive but into the into the campaign as a moderate. Uh, the dollars, I think, Michael Bloomberg, if it's not Bernie Sanders, will step back momentarily and then dump in. He said he will spend what it will take to take Donald Trump out of the White House, and I believe he will do that for whomever the Democratic nominee is if it's not Bernie Sanders. He's done something really interesting because he said early on in the campaign that he will keep his staffers on the payroll throughout November no matter what help defeat Donald Trump. But also, you know, after, especially after that second debate where he had a, a lot of clashing with, with Bernie Sanders, Bernie said he didn't want his help. So, and, and, and wow. Mike Bloomberg said, I'm happy not to help you there. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, that, that's a I little... Don't need it. <laughs> you know, there, there's an angle here as well. If Bloomberg does not drop out, he's still a candidate, he's still on the ballots, that means he still gets the lowest possible media rate for his ads, and he just turns them on Donald Trump and does major attack ads that if he were a super PAC, he would have to pay a premium on, on TV and radio stations, which as a candidate still on the ballot, he wouldn't have to do. Interesting. Jamie Dupree, your thoughts on Bloomberg? Interested to see how the numbers shake out for Michael Bloomberg in the 14 states of Super Tuesday tomorrow. Mark, as the polls have been indicating that Bloomberg may have peaked in some states, and it will be interesting to see if he overperforms or underperforms forms especially with all of the money that he has spent on advertising. Bloomberg was back in Virginia today where I saw him hold an event on Saturday morning, but the Democratic machinery of Virginia is swinging hard in favor of Joe Biden at this point and that could make a big difference in the black communities of Richmond and Norfolk as well. I do expect Bloomberg to win a lot of delegates, Mark, but I'm just not sure how many states he will put in the win column tomorrow night. Monica, we, we mentioned a, a stop and frisk earlier. Has has Mayor Bloomberg done enough or strong enough mea culpas for the African-American community to, to garner their support tomorrow on a Super Tuesday? A lot of people in the black community are still saying uh, we don't accept that. But what people forget is that Bloomberg was just carrying out what started with Giuliani. <laughs> Yeah. So the reality is he inherited it. Yeah. Um, And he says it got better over time. But African-Americans have a hard time accepting that he did that just as women accept do not want to accept uh, the fact that. He had to pay some women off because they were not treated well within his companies. Those NDAs, Bill Crane. The other thing you don't really hear much about that Michael Bloomberg could do in terms of unifying the party is he could make sure all of the candidates who have already dropped out don't retire their campaigns with campaign debt. You could see him be a major source of unifying the party by allowing dollars in his campaign coming out of his pocket, but retire campaign debt for any of the campaigns that have it at this point. Well, do you think that would mean he would be hoping for a position as a vice president? I don't think so. But if you look at Hillary Clinton's endorsement of Barack Obama and the bitterness of that race in 2008, a large measure, I'm told, of her kind of coming out and actually doing campaign events was promises made by the Obama campaign to pay off Clinton's campaign debt because going into that convention, she had well overspent what they'd raised. B- big picture, uh, Greg Bluestein. Uh, we, we mentioned briefly Pete Buttigieg. Uh, it was kind of a groundbreaking candidacy, the youngest candidate out there. 
et cetera, et cetera. And the first gay candidate the first, to run for exactly president. Exactly right, which is in, in 2020, if you, if you think about this in 1984, that would be inconceivable. Uh, where's his political future in the Democratic Party? Um, Joe Biden has said that he would put him in his cabinet no matter what if he's elected president. So you, you have a hint at why he's, in, as we are speaking, endorsing Joe Biden formally um, right now. Uh, but look, a, a lot of people say this is not an end. It is the end of a beginning for his political career. I'm glad you caught that. Let's go to CNN, Longoria. This is uh, in the past. Pete Makes Buttigieg right now endorsing uh, Vice President Biden. Each of us can have good things and bad things brought out of us. And that's why leadership is so important. I'm looking for a leader. I'm looking for a president who will draw out what is best in each of us. And I'm encouraging everybody who is part of my campaign to join me because we have found that leader in Vice President, soon to be President, Joe Biden. Eric Erickson, um, the, the, the wagons are circling from the establishment around Joe Biden trying to keep Sanders out. Uh, this could get pretty ugly. It could, and it also depends on Biden's stamina on the campaign trail. Listen, he's been worn out on debate stages with seven other candidates taking up talk time. What happens when it's just three of them on a debate stage for two hours and or Biden's really November. put on the spot? Real quick, Eric, I'm going to let you get back and have dessert with your daughter after the uh, delicious onion rings. Have you seen me? I can't eat dessert anymore. (laughs) Uh, uh, Real quick, you've got a lot of political insiders in the Republican camps. Uh, Real quick, the president would like to face off against blank, and he would hate to face off against blank. (laughs) He would very much like to face Bernie Sanders. He would very much not like to face Joe Biden. Uh, You've got a lot of moderate Republicans who don't like the president who will vote for Joe Biden in a heartbeat sleeping well at night. You've got a lot of moderate Republicans who hate the president guts did not vote for him in 2016 and will crawl over broken glass to vote for him if Bernie Sanders is the Democratic nominee. Eric, you'll kick off our Super Tuesday coverage tomorrow, 4 p.m. on Atlanta's Evening News, and then we're going all night long till 1 in the morning. And the very latest, of course, on Atlanta's Morning News with Scott Slate. Thanks so much, Eric. Thank you. We'll come back. We'll finish up with Bill Crane, Monica Pearson, Greg Bluestein, and Jamie Dupree. Special edition of the Mark Aram Show, a Super Tuesday preview on 95.5 WSB, Atlanta's News and Talk. This is a WSB Campaign 2020 special, previewing Super Tuesday. Listen for all-day coverage of the nation's biggest primaries tomorrow, beginning with Scott Slade and Atlanta's Morning News. Tonight's coverage continues with Mark Aram on 95.5 WSB. Finish it up with our political all-star team here. Uh, Sean's got a quick question in Athens. Sean, welcome to the show. What can we do for you, buddy? Hey, Mark. How are you? Excellent. What's going on? Uh, first of all, thank you for um, blogging or video blogging your uh, Wendy or your Wendy's breakfast sandwich. That was awesome. The Baconator breakfast sandwich. It was pretty good. Oh, I recommend it actually. <laughs> yeah, it, it looked like it was pretty, pretty, pretty awesome. So here's my question. I recently got into it a little bit on Facebook with a Bernie Sanders supporter who was saying, "Hey, you know this free college thing, this free, <clears throat> this free everything." is great and blah, blah, blah. And I said, okay, well, how do you propose that we pay for it? And he said, he simply says, we're just gonna reallocate funds. It's not gonna be new taxes, we're just gonna reallocate. And I said, okay, well, when you reallocate, where do you mean? Are we gonna take it from the defense budget, Medicare, Medicaid, border protection, wherever? I said, you can't just reallocate Funds sure. And it's everything to run. Well, the I mean, that, and that's why we're seeing the Democratic establishment push back. Bill Crane, real quick predictions for uh, Super Tuesday tomorrow. We're going to see a real stretch definition of comeback kid. <laughs> OK, <laughs> that was Bill Clinton's moniker on the back of Super Tuesday, which saved his campaign back in 1992. And this 
on the back of South Carolina will save Joe Biden's campaign. Monica? I'm going to say Biden, and I also was looking at the screen where it says that Biden said of Buttigieg, he reminds me of my son, Bo. It's called Pulling on the Heartstrings. Yeah. So I think he's going to get the majority of the delegates tomorrow. Gregory Bluestein. It'll be Bernie's night, but Biden will do better than expected, and Warren's going to be forced out of the race after losing Massachusetts. She has said she's going to stay in no matter what. We'll see. Well, I'm going to enjoy my steak dinner from each of you no matter what, once our bet is settled. Uh, Thank you guys for coming (laughs) in. I really appreciate it. Uh, So again, at 8.30 tonight, we'll stream the uh, Joe Biden rally in Dallas, Texas on WSBRadio.com and the WSB Radio app. Full coverage begins tomorrow with Atlanta's Morning News with Scott Slade. Stars of the show, Longoria, Bill Crane, Monica Pearson, Greg Bluestein, Eric Erickson, and Jamie Dupree. In the meantime, go to sleep, little baby. Guests of the Mark Aram Show stay at the all-sweet Omni Hotel, located in the heart of Chicago's Magnificent Mile. Thanks for listening to the Mark Aram Show podcast. Thanks for Xfinity for sponsoring said podcast. A couple of things in life I don't skimp on. Toilet paper, razor blades, seafood. I want the best of the best when it comes to all three. And internet. That's why I use Xfinity Internet. And it's the amazing 10G network. The 10G network from Xfinity, the future starts now. Smarter, more consistent, and a secure network. And it only gets better. Jump on board the Xfinity 10G network online. Just go to Xfinity.com.